head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Darko Ryakovich, joining the Raptors show for the second time. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing really well. We just came back from uh, seeing you at practice. So it's funny to run into you oh, nice. uh, once again. There you go. There you go. Okay, there we go. We got you on camera. Um, okay, before we actually flow into the basketball questions, got to ask you about uh, the Halloween costumes and the party that happened over the weekend that Pascal put on at Casa Loma. You went as Captain Jack Sparrow. Walk us through that costume. Yeah, so uh, Pascal uh, organized um, now uh, annually Halloween party at Casa Loma. And uh, for me, it was a great opportunity for the first time to see uh, Casa Loma from inside. Um, I guess that it looks a little bit different when it's not Halloween season, but uh, still it was uh, it was pretty cool to be there. And uh, it was great just uh, event uh, that we had uh, all the players and, and the staff and the uh, whole basketball operations together. Just another way for us to, to get together, together and kick off uh, the season. And uh, since it was my first time uh, being part of it, uh, my uh, my wife uh, she really wanted me to to have a good good costume and to have a good makeup. And uh, for the first time in my life, I've uh, I put some makeup on my on my face, and it was not easy to to take it off after the party. But uh, it was it was great event, and it was great just to be around uh, everybody that night. I was going to ask about the makeup. I've done eyeliner as part of a Halloween costume before, and you go to the gym the next day and you think you've washed it off, and then it's like running down your face as you're getting shots up. Uh, did you you manage to avoid it? You, you have a wife, so you have a an edge here in, in that someone was maybe walking you through how to get out of that stuff. Uh, trust me, without her help, I would not be able to pull it up, and uh, she really helped me to to take it off, and I didn't even know that there are so many tricks and use <laughs> this soap and oily cream or whatever but um it, it came off pretty quickly actually all right um we're gonna, we're gonna get to something you're much more familiar with with just with basketball so obviously you guys go 4-0 um in the preseason games you guys look really great um and i just wanted to ask you in terms of the mood around the team right now in training camp there was so much discussion about this last season obviously you weren't here for that um but it seems like at least to us in the media and maybe to the fans on the outside Seems like you guys have really been able to really talk and, and be together as much as possible. And uh, I would just like to hear your perspective, sort of how the team is operating right now. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, preseason games, uh, they uh, they were great uh, for us. We needed to play those games to, to get in the rhythm and groove and uh, start uh, implementing uh, things that are very important for us on uh, both, both ends of the floor. Um, and I thought that uh, guys did an outstanding job uh, in, in those games, but also in all the practices that led to, to this point. Um, we, uh, we are uh, ready for the start of the season. Everybody's got nerves. We just want to, to get going and uh, playing, uh, playing games. It's been a long time for all of us preparing up till uh, this moment. Uh, so we're really excited uh, about opening night, and it's going to be awesome that we're playing uh, at home. Um, so be ready to kick off the year the right way. Coach, I, I know you've coached in a lot of different situations. You have a lot of experience. But did you learn anything about yourself going through this camp, being the guy running a camp and coaching these first four preseason games? Uh, learning, uh, learning every day. Uh, you know, in this line of business, uh, you cannot all. You, you don't have all the answers, and uh, it's impossible. Game is changing so much. Uh, 
uh, players are always changing, the league is changing, rules are changing. So you you constantly got to be up to speed and trying to catch up with, with tendencies in players and whatnot. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a learning opportunity for me. I'm really trying to, to, to connect with, uh, with our guys and uh, uh, to help those guys uh, to feel comfortable once they step on the floor. Um, it's, been, it's been a great process so far. Yeah, so one of the topics at practice uh, over the weekend was, you know, Pascal and Scotty, how they can help each other on the floor. And that's such a big discussion for everybody. Um, I want to hear your thoughts in terms of how both those guys can help amplify and help each other's games. Uh, we, we have multiple players on our team that can do multiple things on offensive and defensive end. And uh, um, when, I, when we play to our standard uh, with bold movement and finding open guys and uh, uh, playing aggressively on the ball, um, it just opens up so much uh, for each other. And uh, both uh, Pascal and Scotty, they're complementing each other really well and they're making each other better because all of those, both of those guys, they can shoot it, they can dribble it, they can attack the paint, they can post up, they can find open man. So uh, they really complement each other really well. On the defensive end, that, that particularly stands out. And I know you were very complimentary uh, of Scotty's defense uh, down at practice today. You, you said that he could one day grow into a defensive player of the year candidate. And look, Pascal's a guy who has gotten some all defense votes before. OG Ananobi ha- was all defense last year, and, and we all know how good he is defensively. Um, you know, some of the focus is going to be on Scotty and Pascal helping each other offensively. But what can that look like for you guys defensively where the individual talent level is so high? Uh, correct. Uh, I think we have uh, amazing defensive players. Uh, as you said, uh, we had players that, that uh, in the past had recognition as uh, some of the best players uh, defensively in the league. And um, it's going to come down to their individual effort, but also how we help each other. And uh, um, we have some lineups that we can have out there that can really create uh, a nightmare for uh, for our opponents and uh, switchability that we have uh, on offensive, on uh, defensive end and just uh, uh, multiple players that are capable of guarding multiple positions. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, I believe we're going to have really good uh, defensive season. And uh, when team has good performance on uh, offensive or defensive end, that's what brings uh, accolades and, and rewards uh, individually. So everything starts with the team. So last year we saw, um, obviously under a different coaching staff, but you know, the Raptors' style of defense was always very aggressive. I'm, I'm sure, you know, when the Raptors played Memphis, for example, that was something that kind of stood out. It's just the Raptors were really aggressive, were really looking to force turnovers, at least so far in preseason. And obviously, you know, we can't take all the takeaways from preseason, but it seems like your defense is a little bit more conservative in that sense, where you guys want to be solid, you guys want to keep the man in front, limit help. You guys did a really great job of taking away corner threes, taking away the paint. Um, do you think that's kind of fair to characterize sort of the change in the defense this year is that you guys are more conservative but also more solid? Um, I, I think when you have a roster like ours, uh, when you have a lot of length, uh, I think that really helps uh, um, making teams uh, play in their discomfort level and to take uh, tough shots. Uh, for us, uh, pain, pain protection is something that we're going to really focus on. 
uh, and uh, as you said, guarding uh, corner threes and above the break threes uh, at the end. Um, I think when we play that way and we when we use our length, it's going to be really hard for people to shoot over us. Uh, we want to be uh, very active defensively, to to be in the right positions, and kind of like to to force our opponents to make mistakes instead of like mm, scrambling all time and just hoping for them to to make mistake uh, make mistakes and turnovers. Turnovers are not our goal. Our goal is uh, to have a big number of deflections and, as I said, to protect the paint and protect the corner threes. If you do that, we'll be able to force teams into tough shots. Uh, heavy contested shots, which a lot of times are same like a turnover because it allows you to to defensively rebound and then push the ball in transition. How, how important is that aspect going to be, the grabbing it off of the defensive rim and pushing right away, getting over half court with 22, 21 seconds left on the shot clock? Because, you know, this this all sounds great. It looks great so far. But I think the one thing that people think when you hear, well, maybe there will be fewer turnovers, this has been a team that's been close to the league lead in transition opportunities the last couple of years. So so how do you manage that? And how do you encourage guys to, yeah, if you grab a defensive rebound, no matter who it is, maybe push it up the floor quick. Right. Um, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We want uh, to have multiple players and we have multiple players that can uh, bring the ball up the floor and to be aggressive in open court. And uh, that's something that we're going to continue to focus on. Uh, I think that this year tennis in NBA in general is going to be that uh, Teams will be sending more guys to offensive glass, and uh, we really got to be very solid with our defensive rebounding and uh, to help ourselves to uh, to be able to go out in transition and score. Obviously, we want uh, to be able to play in open court. Uh, those are most efficient shots when defense is not set and organized. And uh, we have uh, multiple players that are capable to bring the ball and attack the paint and to make right decisions from there. Right. Um, I want to ask you also about sort of how you guys have managed the rotation. You, you said on media day, and it's been consistent in, in your actions too uh, throughout preseason, but you want to ideally play a 10-man rotation most days. I want to ask you just maybe just from here, like why, why 10 in particular? Um. I think, uh, first of all, we have a deep roster and we have uh, multiple players that can help us night in and night out. Um, it's a long season. It's 82 games. And uh, I don't want to play guys 38, 40 minutes uh, every single night uh, because that's going to, first of all, it's not fair to them to run them to ground and, uh, you know, to, to have those guys. We got to think about their uh, long-term interest in playing in NBA for a long time and playing for, for the Raptors for a long time. Um, so we got to preserve their bodies to keep their freshness and to, when they touch the floor, that actually they feel good and they're staying aggressive and they're staying engaged. Opposite to you know sometimes running in the in the red zone and then being uh, being tired and not being able to finish uh, games in a high high uh, level, um, and I I really trust our guys. I really trust that we have a deep and good roster, and a lot of players that can contribute night in night out. And uh, um, I'm gonna trust our guys uh, with uh, with those kind of rotations. How has the response been from? the handful of guys who were here last year and might see their minutes decrease a little bit right now. Have you, have they been eager to, to hear that? And Hey, you're going to be fresher in the fourth quarter. You're going to be fresher in April. Have they heard that message? Do you think and appreciated it? 
Yeah, we, we talked about it. Uh, I had individual conversations with, with uh, several players about that. And, uh, you know, um, it's uh, there. there's going to be nights when certain guys might be 38 minutes on the floor, but the other nights they might be playing uh, 30 minutes. You know, if, when we talk about minutes, it's about uh, minutes that uh, accumulate over, over the whole season. And uh, there is a lot of study that shows that, you know, that body can, can break down after, you know, certain amount of, of minutes and then extra loads. And uh, for me, it's it's about how effective they're going to be, uh, how fresh they're going to be when they're actually on the floor and how much they're contributing every possession down the court offensively and defensively. You know, so um, I trust our guys. They know that uh, that I have their best interest at heart. And uh, I, I think that uh, everybody inside our organization, they're going to value their, their contribution. Hey, coach. Um... You know, we had Chris Boucher on the show uh, two weeks ago, and Chris mentioned something really interesting about the way you were running uh, your practices. He said you guys ran a drill where it was five on five, uh, but the players weren't allowed to dribble. So can you tell me about sort of what, why you chose to do that drill and also uh, how the players responded to that drill? Um, yeah, it's uh, something that we use in Europe uh, a lot uh, is like the teaching guys that actually they can touch the paint and they, they can uh, be aggressive without just uh, dribbling the ball and um, the, and the playing pick at all that uh, learning how to use all ball screens, how to cut, how to touch the paint and uh, teaching guys to uh, to work on one very underestimated uh, skill of the game, which is passing the ball, you know. So um, um, it was interesting to put guys in those situations. We'll definitely go back to to this this type of drills. And uh, it's something that, that we do in Europe normally, and uh, it's, um, it's not a big deal when you do that in Europe. Okay. But maybe that's more innovative here in, in, uh, over over here in the NBA. Uh, I also want to ask you, um, so, you know, I j- just had a conversation with uh, Bobby Webster at, down at practice, and I was asking sort of about this interview and sort of um, the hiring process is sort of like why, obviously, the Raptors chose you to be the head coach. And one word he kept bringing up was sort of you're really personable. You know, players really like to work with you because you really build that relationship with the players. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I think obviously every coach has their own approach, but – where does that ability for you come from? Why are you so personal with the players? Because we see it even on the court as well. You're always smiling and sort of giving them as much feedback as possible and trying to build that connection. Um, I think that uh, in the role of, of a coach, uh, you have uh, such a big influence on on players and uh, how they perform. And that's uh, that's why I do this job, because I believe I can influence player to be better, to to coach him, to teach him some, some things that I le- learned along the way. A lot of times that's learning from other players, not necessarily just coaches, but just like I, I, I want to help players. I, I care about our guys a lot, and I believe that's the right approach to have guys to have the, the buy-in and to do the right Think for for each other, and I, I believe by, by you know bottom line is uh, I believe that's how you get uh, teams to be most efficient and most successful teams. Right. Well, I, I want to ask sort of on on this topic is just one thing you also see in preseason. We we only saw you use one coach's challenge, so maybe that also extends in terms of being personal with the officials as well. So I, I guess it's hard to say this now, but um how do you think uh your relationship with officials and, and sort of your approach towards sort of communicating with, with them is going to go this season 
I mean, uh, we have the best officials in the, in the world. Uh, they're really trying to do their best every single night. Um, obviously, there's going to be emotions uh, in, in the games that, uh, especially from like, you know, coach's side, you know, then sometimes we're right, sometimes we're not right, uh, we're in wrong. At the end of the day, those guys are professional. They are, they're trying to do uh, the best they can. Um, obviously, I'm going to always try to pro protect my my guys and uh, I'm going to be using challenges when I find a need for that. You know, so, um, you know, it's going to be ongoing process for, for all of us learning that. Right, for sure. I guess you won't really know until you're really in the fire. All right, uh, we're, we're, told, we're getting told to wrap up, so we're going to quickly wrap with some rapid fire questions. There's a really great profile written about you and your uh, career so far by Eric Kareen over at The Athletic, and he talked to a lot of people about this, so big assist to Eric for this story. I just want to ask a couple follow-up questions uh, in that piece and just get a quick answer from you, okay? So one of the quotes in that story was Monty Williams. He said, quote, the amount of caffeine he consumed over a 24-hour period is legendary. So, Coach Darko, how much caffeine do you usually have on a daily basis, and, and, and how much caffeine did you have on this day, for example? Yeah, um, I mean... I, I I love uh, espresso. I love coffee. Uh, actually, I started drinking coffee pretty late uh, when I was 29 years old. Uh, coffee is a big part of culture in, in Serbia. Mm. You know, in Serbia, you never invite somebody, let's go grab lunch. You know, you don't do that. You, everybody invite, let's go grab coffee. Okay. And, you know, once you get to get, get somebody to, to grab a coffee, it might end up with a lunch and dinner and going out in, in a club and <laughs> you just don't know where it's going to go. You know, so uh, coffee is a big part of our culture. And usually I drink like two or three espressos a day. Oh, that's normal. Come on. That's normal. Uh, no, game game day is, is a different story, though. <laughs> oh, wait, how many is the game day? Uh, five, six. Okay, uh, all right. Fair enough. Uh, I also want to ask uh, in that piece, because you and Sam Presti, uh, the OKC GM, you know, you go all the way back to your days uh, together in Serbia, and Eric wrote about this one story about how you were taking him out to, to dinner once, and, and it kind of emptied out your bank account. Um, <laughs> so I'm just curious, has, has Sam repaid that favor to you? Has he emptied out his bank account to take you out to dinner? Yeah, so uh, that that's that's true story. That's true story. Uh, Sam uh, is a great friend friend of mine. Uh, he came to visit in Belgrade, and uh, literally, like, we went to the nice restaurant, but it was nothing too crazy. But at, at the time, um, that's all me and my girlfriend at the time. That's all we had. So. Literally, we emptied out our uh, uh, bank account. I don't know how and why he figured it out, but uh, three days later, you know, um, he sent money our way. Oh, which okay. was not, wow, what it, a good it, guy. It, it was not expected. It was not needed, but uh, he, he figured out that, that we're running low. <laughs> All right. Blake, did you have a last rapid-fire question you want to ask? Very quickly. I'm coaching against Will in a game coming up. I haven't coached in a while. Do you have any first-timer tips for how to how to take advantage of a, of a guy like Will? Will who? Will, my, my co-host here. He's going to be the opposing team uh, starting center. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you got to study the film a lot and uh, find uh, all the weaknesses and uh, <laughs> try, try to explore those. I'm going to foul <laughs> him out real quick. Yeah, he's going to run a lot of pick-and-rolls at me. All right. <laughs> there you go. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Hey, next time on the show, we want to talk about your academic paper on pick and rolls, all right? Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
That was uh, head coach Darko Rajakovic. 